Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Um, this is the second in a series of podcasts that we're recording uh, to look at tax determination solutions in Latin America and focusing on specific countries like Brazil and Argentina. Today, we're going to spend some time really looking perhaps in more detail around the purchasing process for Brazil in relation to uh, SAP deployments. Uh, I'm Jim Miyake. I'm a principal in the Ryan's tax technology practice, responsible for tax technology projects outside North America. And I'm joined today by Elena Rees and Luisi Mazzini. Uh, Elena, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Hey everyone, I'm Elena Reese. I'm with Ryan's Tax Technology Practice, a senior project manager. Been here for over 15 years, uh, doing projects all over the world with um, a lot of focus with Brazil. So happy to talk about purchasing in a complex country today. Thanks, Elena. Uh, Luisi? Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Luisi Mazzini. Uh, I'm with Ryan for almost 12 years now and working together with June and Elena for pretty much all this time implementing uh, tax engines, speci specifically for Brazil as well. So I'm Brazilian myself, uh, having over 25 years of tax uh, experience and also with a lot of experience from uh, European, APEC, and Latin America taxes. So, yeah, a little bit of everything. Thank you very much. Um, let's start with the sort of the general items, I guess. Um, with any sort of SAP deployment, tax needs to be involved up front in all project discussions. Um, so, I think, especially when it comes to source to pay um, processes. Um, and it's particularly important for Brazil, right? Um, so what are the key things that people need to think about to get involved up front with these project discussions when it comes to Brazil? Um, things like who's going to be doing the purchasing? Do people from Brazil, or do they know Brazilian taxes? Do they know what they're really buying and is the information really there in the system? Um, is you know the data, is the master data truly there to handle everything they're purchasing to get the right tax, to get the right reporting done? Yeah, echoing what Elena just mentioned. So everyone knows Brazil is complex and the, the, the majority of the complexity for Brazil, it's around master data, whether, and it drives, a lot of different tax results. So we need to make sure that the, the master data is accurated and everything has been in, not only accurated, but everything's going to be captured by, by SAP and any other systems that are being used on those uh, and being implemented. Yeah, especially when we talk about, right, if, you, if it's a material, a direct versus an indirect material, it can really uh, we can really run into some problems in those indirect scenarios where they're not significant and they don't have the data or their people aren't entering the information into the system, right? Yeah, I mean, before we jump any further into it, maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to take a step back and look yeah. at purchasing <laughs> as a whole, right? Because purchasing can mean a lot of different things for different people. So, yeah. um, 
you know, some people have implemented procurement systems like Arriba or Cooper. Um, do they work out of the box for Brazil? No. <laughs> Which is why tax needs to be involved up front to get those systems configured, right? So. And again, is that a, a master data thing that they don't have the right Brazil specific fields in the transaction? That's a great point. Not necessarily, right? Because if it's coming from those procurement systems, it's not necessarily an SAP master data issue. Um, you know, you've got the tables behind the scenes that still need to have information in there, but you're not having a material directly involved that has all the information. So you can't bring it into the system from the procurement, or you can't bring it into SAP from the procurement system without it being there in the underlying tables but you don't necessarily have to have that master record. And it, it is also important to notice that sometimes just by having a tax, a Brazilian tax person involved in the project since the beginning, maybe not sufficient because the person may not have sufficient system knowledge that will add value to the to and to make sure that we are covering all the aspects. So usually what our team does when we are go go to to the first round of meetings with clients is to make sure that there are people there that understand the system or what the system can do, which is us, <laughs> and also what Brazil tax requirements can do, which is in this case also us, because we have in our team both capacities so we can help and make sure that everything is covered. So it's not only identifying what is passing, but how it's going to be passing and which, which fields we use it and, and so on. Yeah, we don't want to brag, right? Because I love SAP and you love Brazilian taxes. And we're just so, <laughs> yeah. we, we go so well together when it comes to Brazil. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen a lot of these issues, right? So we've been through these kinds of things. Exactly. When sometimes it's too late in the game, when they, when they involve the tax uh uh, specialists and then when we try to when you go in we need to redo uh, the design for the for the new system or even the master data add more fields and it's not we mentioned this the other day because it's always also relevant uh, very important from brazil sometimes brazil it's one of the last projects in the in the implementation for a global implementation and that's where they realize that there are additional fields or a specific config that is only required for brazil so we need to keep that in mind that brazil has a specific um, requirements that has to be achieved otherwise we cannot automate it yeah and it's not just the configuration that's a problem right because particularly with purchasing you could have scenarios where you got people all over the world without Brazilian knowledge, trying to raise purchase requisitions, purchase orders, and they may not have that. Oh, I know for Brazil, we need to have this piece of information. So um, that's another layer that we need to think about, right? Um, you know, we've seen clients where they've got massive purchasing teams, and we've seen them with nothing and anybody can raise a PO anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're not putting those important pieces of information on there to determine taxes correctly. Right. And then yeah. we get into the SAP PO and if some, and then it's harder, you, 
you, you really don't want to update that as a PPO. You really want to get it updated in that requisition system, right? So that it flows naturally. And so you got to have the fields there. You got to have the knowledge there. We're just constantly coming back to the complexity here of just making sure up front you're setting it up correctly, right? Um, in most countries, you could argue that you don't need tax on your PO. But what do we feel about tax on a PO for Brazil? Wow, you kind of stunned me there. <laughs> I might have to think about that for a second. No, I mean, no, there's a question is, do we need to have Brazilian taxes on a PO? Doesn't it not make it more complicated? We do in a way that uh, it will help the, um, to make a smart decision on where from where to buy your products because the tax difference can be huge. If you compare, if you are having different suppliers, uh, uh, material origins, and there's so much uh, impacting a price of the PO. So if you don't, if you don't cover all those elements in the PO, uh, it might be a, a case that you're gonna lose uh, competitively because you're gonna get a, a worse a worse price, and then it will affect your your margin lately. Yeah, 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 and we also need to think about from an SAP perspective, right? That nota fiscal. So, you know, you, you stunned me with that question. I wasn't prepared for it. But that nota fiscal pulls information from the PO, not necessarily that the, you know, your Miro document or your, uh, when you go into VIM, if you have a vendor invoice management system or whatever, right? That information comes from the PO. So you might as well do the calculation there. Make sure your information's correct if you have somebody to do that. Yeah, but and then I guess the other piece is there's lots of recoverability issues, right, in uh, Brazil, uh, Louise. So yeah. um, recoverability means that 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 tax cost ultimately needs to be built into the, you know, the cost of the material buying to make a decision exactly. to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Recoverability yeah. is not a it's not a given. Recoverability is not a given for Brazil, so uh, a great uh, part, a chunk of purchases that are for assets or for consumption are not recoverable. And we also have scenarios where some of the taxes will be recoverable while the other ones won't be. So we just keep in mind that Brazil, we have over more than five indirect taxes that can apply to a single transaction. So depending on the, the sort of uh, purchase you're you're making it's it makes a huge impact as well yeah and on a on a purchasing an sap if the cst code is wrong we only see that on the po whereas on a sales transaction you can see it in both the sales order and the billing document so um right so if you need to go back and understand why my invoice tax or my tax tax is wrong, you go back to the PO for that and you have to have calculated tax to do that. Okay. So we've sort of established we want taxes on POs. We know that there is very specific Brazil data elements that we need from a determination as well as a recoverability perspective, right? So from, I mean, a lot of that stems from master data what do people need to be thinking about when it comes to master data and Brazil specific data for purchasing? Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about 
indirect versus direct. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, do we want to just yeah. touch on some of the challenges around that? Yeah, sure. So, go ahead, Louise. <laughs> It's fine. So uh, when it, we think about indirect uh, indirect purchasings, we need to make sure that for Brazil, we also, and you are talking about goods in this case, we need to always care about the NCM code, which is the commodity code uh, for, for each goods in Brazil. That's a, a national number that won't change from product to product. But of course, uh, we need to make sure that this number, these these NCM, is uh, is the correct one, or is right, or is passing correctly. So one of the issues we we've seen and challenges we've seen is when clients wants to implement uh, indirect procurement just by the material group, rather than going down to to the product code or going down to the, that level of, of the material level. And for Brazil, um, we, are, we are afraid that material group will, will not always be sufficient. Of course, it will depend whether the, the product is recoverable or not, the taxes on, the, on that product will be recoverable or not. But ideally, we should not uh, maintain uh, material master data on the material group level for Brazil, but rather on the product level. Well, Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess the other challenge is that, you know, things generally get configured at a global level, right? And, you know, frequently Brazil gets put in the too hard bucket and left to the last minute. Uh, we, we've had some projects where they've gone first with Brazil because it was complex, but let's face it, most of the time people push it out right to the end. Um, yeah, well, what are the challenges that people find taking that approach? Because a lot of this stuff is going to be very country specific, right? Yeah, well, let's talk about, <clears throat> like when we're talking about those materials at the country level versus global level, if you have if you purchase the same product in Brazil, but the origin is different from your two vendors, that could create a different tax calculation. So you need to have that same material, but broken out, right? Because you need it for both those material origins. Um, and we've seen where that decision wasn't taken into consideration until later, and they really had to reevaluate how they were keeping those at the global level versus just at the Brazilian level. Okay. Um, is a, a couple of other sort of very specific Brazil terminologies, material, material origin and material usage. Um, maybe we can spend a minute or two just explaining what they are and why is it important for Brazil? Sure. When we're dealing on uh, the purchase of goods, uh, the material origin will matter because for if you are making supplies, uh, interstate supplies in Brazil, and we have 27 states, and when it, whenever you're making interstate supplies, if you have the material origin as imported, uh, the ICMS rate, which the, ta the tax level um, tribute will be will have a specific rate four percent 
against uh, the other 12 or 7, depending if it's national or not. So I'm just throwing numbers here, but I'm sure that anyone that has been involved with Brazilian projects knows this and understand that the nightmare of determining correctly the material origin of, of a given uh, product. And the, the range of it could be, it's it's eight different, they are, they are eight different ranges that could be uh, used to classify a, a given product. So it is important to, it goes from a broad version, it's national imported, but then there are some percentage that can be used to classify it, but that will drive for sure the, um, the taxability. The, the ISMS rate and sometimes peas and coffins and IPI benefits and rates as well. So if you're making supplies to the free trade zone, Suframa, and if you're making supplies of imported goods, uh, we'll have different IPI, peas and coffins rates, uh, zero versus the standard. So it is key to understand and to have it recorded on your master data, the, the material origin. Um, talking about material usage, uh, it matters because for Brazil, it's not only what you're buying, the NCM and the origin of it, but also for what you're buying it. So if you're purchasing a given goods for industrialization or to, or to resale, you have a different, uh, you have a different uh, ISMS or calculation basis than whether if you are buying it for consumption or for assets. So it is also important to have this recorded. It's too many, too many moving parts, I'm afraid. That's why it makes all Brazil implementation always exciting and fun to do. You know, and one thing we kind of, we haven't discussed yet is communicating with your vendors what you're doing with these products as well, right? Because if if you're telling if your system's set up to consume it, but they're charging you as if you're going to industrialize it you're going to have a mismatch when you go to process that invoice. And now you have an error and then you have to think about, well, how are we handling these errors? And, um, you know, do we stop the payment process? I don't want to get too far down that, you know, the vendor invoice management process, but just talking about the communication of the vendor system data, as well as your system. Okay, um, we've talked a little bit about NCM codes and how you know we need those for goods. Um, what do we need from a service perspective? So much easier. It's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so boring <laughs> service. No, just kidding. <laughs> so services are, are we have service codes uh, or tax tariff codes in a SAP nomenclature that we we use. It's a federal uh, code that might change from city to city, but we do have a federal uh, list that we we follow that will bring not only the 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 code, the, the service being supplied, and also the, the ISS, which is the tax on services, which is a city level tax uh, rate will be attached to it. So it's it's one of those things that we have over 3,000, and that's where it's no longer boring, where we have three, over 3,000 uh, cities in Brazil, and each of them can have a different rate for a given service. So having, having the service code or the tax tariff code is it's 
key also for the Brazil tax determination. Yeah, and also where you're having the service performed, right? That's yeah, very uh, important. And you know, we just want to make note that we did call services boring, but we're really speaking <laughs> from an indirect tax perspective. We <laughs> we know and we we respect the withholding portion of that, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> there's another. There'll be another a podcast lot, out a there. A lot of respect. <laughs> Yeah, uh, withholding tax on services is very complicated. Anyway, on that happy note, um, Elena, you touched on CSTs earlier. We should probably also talk about CFOP. Um, I, mean, I guess initially for the uninitiated, perhaps we should define what CST and CFOPs are. Again, it's probably more you, Louise. Uh, yeah. what's the difference what are they for why do we need to know why do we need to okay. care <laughs> what what do they yeah so cst codes are also known as tax law it's a code that pretty much gives information about the the transaction being supplied so we need to follow uh, uh the guidelines to apply the correct tax law to all the purchases so the vendor will apply a given cst to their invoices and the company purchasing it will need to register the same invoice in your textbooks under a purchasing cst which is not the same as the vendor so we need to do this this uh, reallocation if you will so that's that's a mandatory uh, code and textbooks without it in brazil uh, can uh, it, it can uh, carry out a lot of penalties and relevant penalties because of the volume of transactions. So we need to, CST, need, it's an important piece of Brazil configuration. So we need to care about it. The same, the same thing is the CFOP, which is a, it's, uh, it's a more, CFOP, it's a more uh, goods related uh, invoices for goods, which in Brazil, we also have the freight and electricity and telecommunication technically classify under the goods or the same sort of invoices, not a fiscalis, which is the word for invoices in Brazil. So CFOP is also uh, has to be determined based on the fact on the transaction factors. And again, the vendor will have will inform a given CFOP in its invoices, but when registering it in your, in your income textbooks, we need to do a correlationship and enter the the right CFOP based on the the use you're going to give to the product, whether you're going to be re, uh, goods that you're going to be buying for resale, for assets, for example, for consumption, and a lot of other factors. And it's important to say that the CFOP, of course, it's all that this determination and the CSC determination is done in SAP directly. And there are a lot of different ways of configuring it, uh, more on the CST side than CFOP. And yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of fields that will drive the CST and the CFOP determination. So as examples, we have the product in-house uh, field that needs to be selected for, for the relevant CFOP and, uh, and more specifically, the material CFOP category. Yeah. That so also needs to happen. We're kind of looping back around to, <laughs> if my master data or if my purchase requisition or my PO is not created correctly, not only could I have wrong taxes, but now I could 
have wrong CST codes, CFOP codes, and I'm categorizing these for my compliance and reporting purposes incorrectly. So yeah. kind of, you know, we're looping back to the beginning on why is this all so important and complex? Well, data is everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, we've done a bunch of tax engine projects. Um, very often we run into, uh, we should use standard SAP. That's the way we've always done it. Uh, is it worth quickly touching on, particularly around tax code determination, right? Um, why, well, what's different when using a tax engine over tax bra, as they call it, <laughs> the, the standard <laughs> SAP solution for Brazil? Well, we just want to clarify that we can use tax bra for a tax engine, but <laughs> just to throw that out there, um, you, this could, we could talk for hours on this, but tax code determination is highly uh, dependent on condition techniques. So that means you need to have every single scenario and variation of vendor, what you're purchasing, material, NCM, all those data elements we've talked about previously. You need to have all those combinations mapped out in condition techniques to get to those tax codes. And yes, the tax bra will do the calculation then, but if you don't have every single, I mean, I'm talking every single scenario, if you buy pen A versus pencil B and something's different about that, they need to be configured in your condition techniques for tax codes to get that. From a tax engine perspective, we don't need to rely on all that minute level data, or we do rely on it, but we don't need to configure it at a condition technique level. There doesn't need to be an individual record for each of those, because we know we can group material usage of consumption and asset are similar in calculation versus uh, distribution, or resale and industrialization. Um, so from a tax code perspective, it's much cleaner when we're talking about a tax engine the level of difficulty is reduced. And when you have a mismatch from the vendor invoice, you're not having to go back and update these conditions to make sure it's correct or add new ones. There's other ways around, uh, there's other ways to work around that difference. Okay. Um, without trying to the boil the ocean or anything, um, <laughs> let's perhaps, it gives the guys listening today some of the sort of very specific big picture items that we have to address when it comes to purchasing an SAP for Brazil. Um, the first obvious one that stands out is what we call net versus gross. Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can stay at Louise, he's probably going to be better at this, but. What's interesting in Brazil is when you get that invoice, it's shown as a gross amount. So um, you see the value of the product with the taxes in it. So you have to have an understanding of that tax calculation formula uh, to understand Brazil, but it's the invoice is stated at gross, but really to, and we can calculate tax on gross, but SAP generally wants to post from a net perspective which is without the taxes first. And, and if you want to make sales, you need to know what the base of your product is anyway. So, yeah. 
And it's, it's not uncommon to see in Brazil some a sort of confusion on the net and growth decision. And that's one of the decisions that has to be very, very ventilated to the whole company. And there are a lot of training involved. And we usually facilitate that dis those discussions because we understand that it's painful for 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 the teams involved in the purchase, putting a purchase order and other procurement documents in place to change the way things are, are being done but that's that's also about implementing a new a new ERP system right we need sometimes things needs to change and starting by the 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 net it's more confusing for for users but it gives also a better view at what you're buying and the cost of it and uh, and whether the tax will be recoverable or not. Then you understand you're going to have a better view from from what you're purchasing. Yeah. And it again goes back to when we're creating those purchase, you know, from a purchase requisition system or from an SAP PO, asking your vendor, right? And what are you getting that value? What are you getting when you request that purchase, you can request for the net because the vendor really does know the base of their product price, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. if you have a decentralized purchasing, it's going to be a lot more complicated to get that versus um, locally if they are communicating with the vendor. Yeah, and it's not rare for Brazil to have different different definitions of what is net price. <laughs> Some people consider everything but bees and coffins. <laughs> but when we talk about net, it's the real net without any taxes. So bees, coffins, ISMS, and IPI excluded for goods. Okay. Um, next challenge we see quite a lot is around freight uh, and freight generally isn't just brazil problem right it's a problem for a lot of other countries but in yeah. brazil it's a, a heightened problem um again who wants to sort of start on helping our people unpick this <laughs> that's uh, all as a, so good at this <laughs> Yeah, as a, in a general concept, freight in Brazil can be more trickier than the rest of the world because it can be subject to two different taxes, indirect taxes. Uh, I mean, ISS, which is the service city level tax, or ICMS, which is the state level tax. So it's either one or the other. But if you're thinking about uh, intracity freight, then you're going to have ISS being charged by the vendor. And peas and coffins, and at a federal level. But if you if you're thinking about inter intercity or interstate or even intercountry uh, level, then you have ICMS being charged and peas and coffins along with it. But then it, there is also a difference because the difference there because the the freight subject to ISS will be charged using a service invoice while the the, the freight charged uh, by ISMS will have the same sort of, or not the same, but a similar invoice than goods. So with the same, and it needs to be uh, registered and uh, recorded together with the purchase of goods. So it's it's key to to make this distinction upfront when you're implementing. Uh, SAP to distinguish from both both kind of invoice or supplies to see if you're gonna have a service invoice or ISMS invoice as we call it. So that's the the starting point of the freight math. 
<laughs> or but challenges. That's that called challenges. <laughs> yeah, but to get to those levels, right? You have you have to really look at the legs that this is right, the legs that this is moving, which there could be multiple legs in a in a freight scenario. And so exactly we don't care. Data, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. We don't care about ship from a ship too solely, but every step of the freight that uh, all, all the parts of it, if it's a multimodal freight, we need to ch charge different each of them. And then what we'll care, what we'll care about is the starting point and the finishing point of the goods being being delivered. Yeah, so there, there's an additional level of when we're talking about external tax systems, right? There's an additional level of drilling down and possibly even with SAP or right? standard SAP, because there's that, you have to drill back into what all is happening in that freight transaction. It's not just what's on the PO, ship from ship to, as you're saying. Exactly. And uh, also, and going further on the, on the, the freight complexity, we, we also need to care the freight Recoverability will pretty much will be driven by the materials being purchased. Recoverability, so it's always a challenge to make sure that you're gonna attach one to the other. So how to do that? How to make sure that you are making the same, uh, the correct tax treatment on the freight, and that usually involves uh, additional ABAP mapping uh, to make sure that this will happen. Because just solely by the freight PO. We cannot tell it what is being purchased and the material usage. Again, remember that word? Again, material usage. What's the material <laughs> usage for the goods? So it, it, it's relevant for the, the freight recoverability as well. So you're saying the recoverability on the freight invoice follows what you originally purchased. Exactly. Yeah. How, how beautiful is that? <laughs> Amazing. That's an amazing system. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. Okay. So we talked earlier about um, procurement system, but a lot of people these days also use a vendor invoice management system. Um, I guess the same applies in terms of making sure that the Brazil relevant data is available when using those systems. But you know, in some countries and some companies, some people have um, an ideology, maybe if that's the right word, that just taking what's on the vendor invoice as a source of truth is the right way to go about things from an indirect perspective. Um, what's, what's your view about that sort of concept within Brazil? Um, being a Brazilian myself and working with taxes for that many years, I don't think we should follow what the vendor is charging us because sometimes the, the vendor can be wrong. It's not always, it's not very uncommon that we see uh, invoices that are, in, are incorrect. So it's, that's one of the benefits here. And I'm, I'm playing here for the tax engines, having a tax engine. Uh, behind the scenes, helping you and providing content will make way much easier to make sure that the vendor's invoice is correct, the tax treatment applied is is the most updated. And believe me, in Brazil, we have sufficient rate changes that 
make sometimes very, very difficult to follow and to make sure that you are charging the correct. We want to charge the correct tax. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's almost impossible to keep updated on the level of the, the speed of changes. So we, we recently have some ISMS uh, internal rates change for a few states, uh, Bahia, Paraná, and a, a number of others. Last year, we have what we call the IPI festival, <laughs> where we have IPI rates, which usually we used to be proud of having IPI rates very stable, but then everything changed last year uh, with, a, with a, an election year. So a lot of changes on the IPI and keeping Keeping up with it, with the rate chains were were definitely was definitely a challenge for companies, and some it was not rare to see vendors invoice with the incorrect IPI rate based on the wrong uh, TP, which is the what drives the the IPI calculation or the rates applied in Brazil. So it, I I really believe it's important to have uh, to challenge the vendor invoice. You know, the vendor calculation if it's not the same as you you show in your systems yeah i've got two points on that right so if we're talking about standard sap and back to that tax code and condition technique when those rate changes for ipi i think we saw one ncm change four times in one year you have to maintain that update yourself in the in the tables whereas a tax engine you're paying that provider to do that research and update that for you but I wanted to touch back on, do we trust the vendor invoice? And we've heard where clients say, well, in order for me to have received this invoice, that had to get approved by the government. So it has to be right. But what we wanna say is, you know, that can get approved as long as you've got the right tax with the right CFOP, with the right CST, you can have that invoice validated and approved by the government, but it's still not right for you because you are consuming it, not industrializing the product, right? So there's those differences that do make a change in the tax calculation. So that's why I'm not a big fan of just trusting the vendor invoice, because even though it's been approved by the, by the government, it doesn't mean that that's really what you're using it for, right? Like Louise is saying, that the rate was really right. Okay, um, I think we've covered a lot today. Uh, key takeaways for people? Uh, I would say data. Data is everything, right, in Brazil. Yeah. Um, and making sure that you have all the relevant Brazil-specific data available and as accurately as possible at the time of transaction processing. Um, anything you guys would add to that? Having knowledgeable people work with the solution, I think, right? Because it is it is yeah. a complex solution. So yes, even if you have the data right, if you you aren't in there up front and getting it, getting that data where it needs to be, it's not going to be that helpful. Yeah, don't underestimate a Brazilian project. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> It'll still be fun. It'll still be a lot of fun. You'll be super stressed, but at the end, you'll look yeah. back and think about how much you've learned and how much fun you've had. And, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you both for your time today, and thank you all who've been listening. Um, as I said, this is uh, the second in a series of podcasts we're doing around tax determination in Latin America. So please do look out for the next one uh, that we'll be posting very soon. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you.